Well, welcome everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad you could join us. Recovery Connection episode number 11. We got a very special episode tonight, but we'll get into that in a second. I just want to give a little uh, pre-show announcement. Um, welcome. Um, our mission here on Recovery Connection is to connect and educate organizations, people in recovery, and all of you fabulous listeners to the vast resources that have gone uh, under the radar in our community. And we want to start building uh, this wonderful city up and break the stigma and foster a sense of uh, belonging for all of us. The Recovery Connection is available on all major streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, and they're available one week after our live show. Uh, John, our producer, gets to edit them and make, uh, make, uh, make us all sound really pretty. Uh, follow us, like us, share us on your social media accounts, and stay up to date on upcoming conversations. Uh, guests and news and visit us at our website www.jerichoroad.ca to learn more and keep up to date on future guests and what's going on so that's enough of of the pre-show stuff um i'm gonna introduce everybody so uh tonight's a really special episode of recovery connection we have our coldest night of the year walk coming up as you all know because i've been plugging it in our podcasts leading up to this and if you don't know coldest night of the year is a family-friendly event that raises awareness and much needed funds uh, for charities in our city and we're very fortunate uh, in the city that we have uh, four coldest night of the year uh, walks going on and, and four five charities including uh, Jericho Road that, that um, uh, are participating and so uh, this episode we got everybody together and and I'll let everybody introduce themselves and let's start off uh, on the screen so we'll go at the top with uh, Jennifer. Hi thank you Kevin thanks for the opportunity to be here. Um, I'm Jen Graves I work at the Ottawa Mission and my role there is the community engagement uh, events. Beautiful. Signature event, one of them being coldest night of the year. <laughs> Beautiful. And then uh, across the screen, we go to Martine. Hi, I'm Martine Dore. I'm with Cornerstone Housing for Women. I'm the Director of Programs and Services there. Thank you, uh, Kevin, for hosting tonight. And it's really nice to uh, be uh, chatting amongst all of the CNOY coldest night of the year participants in Ottawa. Yeah, it's nice getting together, right? Mm-hmm. And then right below you is Desiree. Hi there. I'm Desiree Raypock. I'm with the Youth Services Bureau. Um, I'm with the Community Engagement and Events, and I'm thrilled to be participating amongst uh, the other four charities this year. Thank you. Thank you. And then if you don't know Kelty, Kelty's been a past guest on our, on our uh, uh, Voices of Recovery uh and recovery connection and uh kelty introduce yourself i'm kelty davidson i'm the executive director of capital city mission and we've been doing coldest night of the year uh with jericho road for the past six years and i'm really excited about the ways we're connecting this year with other organizations in town beautiful i i i'm glad you said for the past six years um uh jen how long has the mission been doing coldest night so this will be our eighth year. Wow. Wow. So you guys were just, just right behind us then, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
And and um, uh, Martine, how long have you been doing CNOI? This is our third consecutive year running the event, and it's quickly become one of Cornerstone's most important fundraisers of the year. So very excited. Have you seen a progression of buildup with running this event just in the three years? Oh, definitely. Yeah. We're seeing returning walkers and, and teams and people bringing in their friends, uh, some sponsors returning year after year, and, and of course, adding new ones, and the ongoing support of Westboro BIA and the businesses in Westboro. For sure. It's been really important. So it's definitely growing and uh, getting more uh, momentum each year. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. And Desi yeah. Ray, how long have you guys been doing CNOI? So we are definitely the new kids on the block. This will be our second year. <laughs> so nothing like starting an, an event during a pandemic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And how's it going? It's it's interesting. It's, yeah. it's been fun. It's been fun. It's definitely not the the event that um, I was hoping to be hosting at this point, uh, given the my participation in other in cornerstones previous events and and following some of the great work that's been doing um been done with uh, the mission in jericho road so yeah. hope to get things back to normal soon yeah because we 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 miss the in-person event right because mm-hmm. it's it's such a great way uh to foster uh community and get together and see people and 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 especially for like Jen, you know, there's probably lots of teams that have been walking consecutively over the years. And so sometimes that's your only touch point with those, uh, with those people is the coldest night of the year walk. And so, yeah, the challenges of, of this pandemic and, and doing coldest night of the year certainly um, um, have their ups and downs. And so that's, I guess that's, that's what I want to talk about um, because you know, part of our uh, uh, doing Coldest Night of the Year is to help raise funds and to help us do some of the really important work that all of these organizations uh, do in the city. So what what challenges, I guess I want to start off with, what challenges have we all, all faced in the past year since the last Coldest Night of the Year uh, walk? And just feel free to jump in. Well, I guess I'll jump in. Um, as I said, this is our third year, so we had one year pre-pandemic and then uh, we're really hoping we'd be in person this year but the pandemic has really been the story for the last two years it's it's changed everything about how we work um it uh in order to respond to the need in ottawa we actually moved our shelter operations not once twice twice (laughs) twice um in order to be able to accommodate more women um in a space that would allow the physical distancing and uh, uh, of course, uh, Ottawa saw an increase in people experiencing homelessness. We saw about a 17% increase in women experiencing homelessness since the pandemic. Um, and we responded to that at one point uh, pre-pandemic, we were serving 61 women a, a night. And uh, at one point in the pandemic, we were serving 125 a night. Um, we have now returned wow. to our original. Yeah, I know. Isn't that amazing? It's it's. Yeah. It's it's sad but amazing that yeah. we were able to respond. And of course, we have such great partners in in the city of Ottawa, and we're able to work with the uh, city of Ottawa and 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 Shepherds Good Hope and so many other partners uh, like yourselves to make sure we were meeting the needs. But it, we really did see such an increase, you know, of vulnerable people who, you know, through loss of income or um, through uh, marginal housing, with the pandemic, it was just enough to push them out of housing and. Uh, 
and uh, need our services. So, and Martine, that's that's a hundred percent increase. It was a hundred percent increase for us in terms of who we were serving yeah. per night. And I can tell you, our team are amazing and responded so well to that sort of um, um, gearing up to that kind of um, service delivery in an unknown space, a space that wasn't our home space was really remarkable. Um, but we, we did what needed to be done in order to ensure that every everyone had a place to be uh, and stay warm. And I think that's one of the themes of the coldest night of the year is making sure that people are out of the cold and yeah. that they do have somewhere warm. And, and uh, certainly we were able to do that um, last winter, especially um, this, this winter. Um, but uh, yeah, we've, we've certainly grown um, a lot due to the pandemic. I think we've, we've all experienced that, eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know um, at the mission, I think one of the biggest things that we saw very quickly with COVID, obviously we couldn't feed our community meals. So we, we have our resident meals, our hospice meals, and then we have community meals. And those used to be twice a day for anyone, men and women. Um, but because of the pandemic, they couldn't come in. And our chef Rick was quick to come up to a solution where we now hand out food um, in bags. So they would receive additional meal, uh, additional items as well. Should they be able to utilize that? They'll get their hot meal in a bag. And we do that out of our loading dock. Um, the increase in numbers has been significant. We're 85% higher in food uh, meals since the onset of the pandemic. And the other solution that was really a blessing that was given to us is a food truck. So Pelican, um, Pelican restaurant provided us with their food truck and we had some we had to do some fundraising in order to ensure that we could meet the need but instead of just being downtown the food truck started with five locations in lower income areas where we all saw this where you know people were choosing um, you know is it hydro is it my food yeah. you know and so that food truck is now going to 19 locations and we have a waiting list of I think it's 15 locations now. So we're hoping to get another food truck um, in order to fit that need and, and really expand our reach outside of the downtown core. Yeah. You know, food, if you've ever seen the Food Banks Canada ads on TV and, and the person opens up the tin of food and the light goes out. And, oh, and, yeah. and you know, it's a choice between, you know, paying the bill or eating uh, uh, sustainable food. And, mm -hmm. and I remember talking to... Um, um, somebody just just before Christmas, and and they said, you know, when I see that commercial, that's me, and I'm I'm kind of at my wits' ends right now. Yeah. So the the truth and the truth in the advertising, unfortunately, yeah. Desiree or Kelty? So what we've seen specifically um, over the last year is not only an increase in need for shelter services for youth. Um, but there was the young people that are coming to um, our shelters ha has changed. And it's, a lot of it has been as a result of increased conflict within the home, um, as we can all attest, having nowhere to go. Um, and with multiple lockdowns, young people who are in an unsafe situation as it was pre-pandemic mm. have not had the supports available to them, um, the outlets that they would have otherwise um, were able to attend schools, those were locked down. There was no escaping um, the day-to-day -day conflict within their home. So we're seeing, we were seeing a lot more young people who wouldn't traditionally um, have been in a homelessness situation 
as well with that, keeping the community safe has always been our number one goal in regards to um, where does a young person go should they come into contact with uh, COVID-19. So we did pivot and change one of our program sites into a isolation center for young people um, to go and safely manage the virus and get the medical support they need away from a congregate living situation. Mm, what a great idea. Fabulous. Mm -hmm. And Kelty? Just to speak to sort of connection between our organizations, uh, Jennifer was just talking about the food truck. It actually comes to Capital City Mission every Sunday afternoon. So that's an overlapping service now in, in our community. Um, which has been a real benefit. We're not actually open on Sundays right now. So having that, uh, oh, that how wonderful. On Sundays, uh, is a big help to, to our neighbors. Um, like everyone else, I think we've seen, you know, an increase in the number of people coming by, uh, for those that don't know capital city mission. Well, we are running a, a daytime drop-in center, um, We've been able to stay open the whole time through opening our kitchen window onto Rideau Street and um, serving coffee and, and sandwiches and meals just kind of out our, our kitchen window. Uh, at different points, we've been back inside and outside again, uh, but throughout, we've kept that window going. Um, and especially right at the start of the pandemic, everything shut down really fast, and then we were all scrambling uh, to keep going, but that window allowed us to... Um, stay connected in that time, which was really valuable. Um, you know, we've spoken to increased need for uh, food and shelter and these sorts of things uh, in our neighborhood. It was really that need for um, connection that we were most focused on. Um, for sure, we were doing meals daily. Um, but, you know, as we serve those meals, checking, looking someone in the eye, remembering what happened to them last week, uh, checking in on their health, um, checking in on their symptoms in a in a human way, not just a checklist way. I think we've all seen the wear and tear of people having to answer that checklist daily or many times a day, and it can be draining. But to also have the person saying, like, how are you doing? I've noticed this. Are you okay? Um, is really important in a time when our whole country is isolating. We're all seeing the effects of isolation on mental health, on increases in addiction. Um, but we don't always think about what isolation and a lockdown means to somebody that doesn't have a laptop or a cell phone or internet. Mm. Uh, and so we really tried to focus on, uh, I, at points I've joked that we have intentionally slow service <laughs> so we can have that moment of connection when it is just that window uh, opportunity yeah and i'll speak for jericho road i mean you know we're we're we've been kind of fortunate that we have four locations for 31 men and so um our our we've been able to maintain uh individual bubbles uh th through through the large community now the problem is that um, for uh, men in our residential treatment center, uh, all the 12-step meetings shut down to Zoom and, and they, they lost that personal intimacy and connection of, of being with uh, like-minded people uh, together. 
And, and one of the things that we know is that isolation uh, is detrimental to mm -hmm. uh, people's mental health, but even more so if you're uh, afflicted with uh, a substance use disorder. And so um, we really had to uh, come up with innovative ways. See, I didn't say pivot. Hey, did you notice that? Hey, come up with innovative ways to to, to keep everybody uh, connected. Not only not only uh, um, the the people that we serve, but also the staff, because I found that um, we 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 started to get a little disconnected um, in our staff. Now we're a small organization. We have uh, nine nine staff, and so. It, be, it became quite apparent that we could become very disconnected outside of the office. And so we really had to be, um, 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 uh, we really had to make an effort to, to keep us connected and, 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 and keep, uh, keep a tab on one another that we don't get, don't get too isolated from one another. Um, I, I think that um, we can all agree that um, there, there are many challenges uh, that we faced, but one of the things that uh, I was thinking of as, as you all were talking were some of the added expenses that COVID has brought upon. And I know that I was talking to um, an organization that was giving out meals instead of having people come in for meals. And they were um, remarkably surprised at the cost of takeout containers, yes, <laughs> <laughs> and and cutlery and and the things that that we don't think of. So, um, does does any of you want to touch on that? Um, I'll sure I'll jump in when you talk about the cost of out, uh, takeout containers. Um, I laugh because that's been a huge expense this year. We had to change so much of our services. And one of the things we had to do was uh, move away from our congregate dining, which is really sad because that's where a lot of community mm. and connection happens as well. Um, but we really, um, we really uh, were responsive in terms of the food insecurity that was highlighted during the pandemic. So we were providing for food for programs and uh, service users and programs where we often didn't. And we were using the the, the, uh, the takeout or uh, single-use uh, containers, single-use condiments, single-use cutlery, and those expensive expenses have just gone through the roof. And of course, we're all seeing the increase in the cost of food mm. um, through the pandemic because of supply chain issues and one thing and another. Uh, I, when I think about you know the cost of PPE and the extra disinfecting and, and all of those costs, um, it, it's really been a very trying time for organizations to be responsive and continue to meet the needs. But um, uh, yeah, it's been a, an ongoing challenge for sure. And that's why something like the coldest night of the year remains such an important event, um, A, for you know, raising funds, that's, that's, you know, the primary goal, but it's also to reconnect and have community and have fun together and, and share some hot chocolate when you come to pick up your toque and uh, get together as a community and show your support. Yeah, well said. Anyone I, else? I mean, I think Martine, you just nailed it there, all those items that you, you identified, um, you know, the PPE and the extra cleaning and all of that. Um, but to go back to that point of isolation, I, I couldn't agree more. I think what's been interesting as a perspective, seeing an in-person of CNOI and then now virtual is 
because we aren't gathering as a huge group, the external participants and, you know, Kevin, you're right, we have many teams that come back year after year. You know, there was, that's a missing element, but because we were forced to connect more, we're picking up the phone more. We have volunteers that are calling our participants. And my experience really truly has been that I'm learning more about the why rather than giving them the experience of the night. Mm. And, and there's this really nice conversations that um, builds a stronger bond, if you will, with the donor. And then equally with the staff, what we, um, this year, what's been our, our biggest, I don't know if you want to call it fun, fun competition, if you will, is we have um, five uh, champions um, that are all staff that have put teams in. And that's building a camaraderie for us. And and some of them are for, for like myself who works from home, there's many staff who I haven't seen in years. And so we're we're having this, and to say years is just, I can't believe I, I just know, said eh? that. Yeah, yeah. As, soon as soon as you said that, it, it lingered in my mind. Yeah. I was like, she said years. Years. And this year, that's what we're really feeling, this strong, we're calling it the mission community. We've got these great ambassadors and it, and the momentum is building and the, and the connection is there again. Yeah. Wonderful. Don't yes. bring up competition though, because uh, <laughs> Kevin's ahead of me on the scoreboard right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to say it's friendly, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it, to echo Jen's point, we too um, are really focusing on our staffing um, in regards to bringing the fun element into CNOI. It's it's at a perfect time when people tend to feel a little bit um, alone traditionally anyways and a little bit down. So we've taken it to each program area and are really focusing on giving back to our staff who've been working tirelessly through this pandemic in situations that we've never dreamt of before um, and just continuing to keep the morale up and, and again, showing our appreciation for the work that they're doing um, because they are working under extremely challenging situations, uh, far more complex issues than we've ever seen before mm. uh, with young people presenting um, through this pandemic. So we're really focusing on the fun and getting the opportunity for people to connect and rally around um, this great opportunity, this great event. So. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to jump in there, Kelty? I saw you shaking your yeah. head. I was just going to pick up on that idea of people needing something to come around. Uh, I mean, our our walk last year blew through our greatest possible expectations of what we could fundraise last year. Um, and I think that was a result of, you know, people really wanting something positive to rally around, wanting to give back to their community. Um, I mean, at that point with lockdowns, like just getting together outdoors with masks on in a small group was a big deal. So I think, um, I think it was, even though it was virtual, it was a pretty exciting event for people uh, just to get to um, connect and be part of something positive together. And I think we're seeing that again this year at the yeah. moment. Yeah, and 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 I think it censors, uh, uh, it fosters that sense of belonging, you know, because we we have um, uh, people taking pictures of their walk and and sending them in and posting them and. And, and even though that it is virtual, it, it still, you know, fosters that sense of community and belonging. And I think that's really important as well. Um, 
um, just kind of on the same same side note of, of, of topic, what what is the the biggest shocker that you've had in the past uh, year dealing with COVID? Something that you never thought that you would be dealing with, or something that you never thought you would be doing, or something that that happened that you just could not uh, foresee? Does anybody have any uh, any stories on that? Um, I think for us. We've had so many staff say to us, wow, um, this isn't what I thought I, I signed on for, you know, because <laughs> suddenly they're doing, you know, it's challenging work. It's been said here before, it's challenging work. And uh, it became far more challenging. And on top of that, we were getting, uh, asking medical questions, you know, asking, uh, checking temperatures, yes. doing all that sort of thing. And I think that that was a shock. January of 2022 was literally the biggest shock for us you know having lived through two years of the pandemic uh january was the worst of the worst with in in the one month from the first to the 31st we had 17 residents and 22 staff uh with uh, uh test positive or COVID. oh goodness so staffing uh, we had such staffing shortages and uh people would be tapped out of work for a while while they were recovering and people uh went above and beyond and um I think uh, I think that was a shock was that we just that the, the, the pandemic just kept asking more mm. and more and more mm -hmm. of people and and the same for our residents as well. You know, every time we thought we were opening up to our programming and bringing back all the fun stuff in the the uh, community or uh, pieces and activities, you know, we would have to shut down again for a little while. So I think it's been a roller coaster. Mm. Um uh, my, I have to poke fun at some of my colleagues that tried to convince me it was three years we've been in the pandemic. It's been two. It just feels like three or 30. I don't know. But um, yeah, there's been lots of little surprises. It's It's been the gift that keeps on giving, but we're hoping that it's pretty much... We're, we're hoping we're coming in for the end of it now. <laughs> well, I don't know about the gift part, but it keeps on giving. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyone else? I think for us, uh, one of the biggest aha and shock um, is just, again, reaffirming how resilient our young people mm -hmm. are. Um, for a 17-year-old, two years of disruption is a, is a really long mm -hmm. time. Um, and those are two years during a very critical time for young people. So those that, are, that we serve that are already struggling, um, we're surprisingly resilient and able to keep going um and i just commend them for everything they've done and i think for us that was one of the biggest shocks was that the young people did you know subscribe to all of the mandates and what was requested of them and they jumped on board and they really worked together um, as a community to ensure that each one of them was safe and protected at the same time. So that would, for me was um, really surprising in a very positive way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was thinking that the, the, one of the biggest challenges that we face that we never thought we would face is, is in our um, nine bed treatment uh, center. And so when you have nine people who are, experiencing withdrawal and 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 uh, uh, not having the solution anymore and trying to figure out what their next steps are cooped up into a house and telling them that you can't go anywhere 
you have no 12-step meetings to go to and you can't go see your family and you have to stay here and and so having nine guys uh, uh, like squirrels in a cage and and so that was very very hard uh, on the staff because um, they they were their um, they were their family they were their counselors they were their friends they were their uh, um, support system and 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 the um added stress that 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 put on the staff um i didn't i didn't foresee coming and 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 the staff handled it very well um i think i think it was you know another opportunity and growth and reflection but at the same time it's time Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine uh, you, Jen, because the Ottawa Mission is such a larger uh, uh, organization and has so many moving elements in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's very true. Like when you when you ask that question, I, you know, right away, I can say there's not a program or a service that wasn't affected. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's two that really come to mind that that were a great loss and it's and it's called our discovery you program so this this is a program that actually um is in partnership with the universities and we would have individuals men and women who are otherwise pretty much um, they're unable to have employment in some cases uh, so this gives them the social um the and the educational part and those are usually held uh, in a gathering um, as well as in school at the mission. So that all had to be canceled. Um, but what we were able to do within about nine months of into the pandemic is, I mean, who knew? To, uh, first of all, I never heard of Zoom before the pandemic. So, um, so then they, they in court, we got, we were able to have a donor provide us with um, iPads and laptops that we were able to then distribute and run the program. So I know we all hate that word pivot, but that's a pretty good uh, example yeah. of how to retrain, how to how can we make this work? Um, and the solution is there. And I know one that's really been struggling now with us um, is really the volunteers. Um, there's mm-hmm. We need so many volunteers. I'm sure all of us rely on our volunteers um, and <clears throat> because of the protocols or because maybe our regular volunteers contracted COVID and all of the things that we've all, you know, Come to understand with limitations is that that again that's affected. Um, but a lot of these volunteers that is, were their family, mm-hmm. you know, were their connection, were their social. So I think you know in the bigger picture, it's, it is the isolation that everyone feels yeah. that is the hardest. Yeah. yeah. And restrictions. Oh yeah, yeah. That's another topic. Good golly. Yeah. <laughs> and Kelty. Uh, when you first asked the question, I was going to make the joke. I never thought I would make so many sandwiches. <laughs> and then I actually just did some quick math. And I think it's probably true to say I've made over 2,000, 20,000 sandwiches personally. Wow. Wow. Um, but that speaks to Jennifer's point about volunteers, right? You yeah. recognize in these times how essential the volunteers are to uh, the work that we all do. And um also discovery you i know many people who absolutely love love being part of that so i'm glad it's it's up and going again and i think that i would echo desiree completely on the two points that she made uh and i don't know that i'm surprised by them but they've definitely shone through the resiliency of 
our neighbors in Lower Down is incredible. And the um, gratitude they've showed to me personally as we've changed things constantly um, and the, yeah, the willingness to just go with the flow and um, encourage staff and um, share their gratefulness, even though sometimes we feel like we're not able to do as much as we want to right now. Um, we've had a really great community and I've also gotten to witness how people are taking care of each other. Relationships mm. started indoors at the drop-in have started to expand and people say, you know, can you check in with this person? I haven't seen this person for three days healthy. Can you make sure to reach out? And, and so really it has been uh, a whole community taking care of each other. Mm. Uh, in our awesome. And, and I, I, you know, I was thinking about this from the other side because, um, we, we we firmly believe in service work at Jericho Road. One of the reasons is that, you know, one of the sayings in recovery is service keeps us sober. It gives us a sense of, of um, uh, purpose and it helps us keep us out of our head for a few hours while we're, we're uh, volunteering. And so uh, not being able to go and volunteer mm -hmm. and, and be of service to other organizations um, has been, has been really tough. Um, we, op we volunteer at the Ottawa food bank. And so that was touch and go at times. And, and, and I know that the guys look forward to, to doing that service work. And so when, when, when those opportunities, uh, ceased, you could, you could, you could tell that, um, um, you know, th there was something missing and, 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 it was tough. Yeah. Yeah. So it's both sides of the coin. Right. And, and speaking of the food bank, um, uh, a lot of us do rely on, on the food bank for their services. And, um, I think, you know, they're, they're worth a mention that, um, they've, they've really pulled through for a lot of organizations in this city and, and they were able to, um, um, still, uh, do the services that they do, although they had just as many challenging times as all of us. But, um, um, I know that, that we all rely on, on their services and, uh, and I think they, they really did a good job. Does anyone want to comment on, on, on the food bank and how they really pulled through for them? I think it's worth a mention. Absolutely. I'd like to, oh, sorry. Uh, you, you, you speak first. I'll just add that for anyone just listening to the podcast, there were all of our heads nodding the whole time. <laughs> it's yeah. very true. Uh, but yeah, take it away. I was going to give a shout out to Parkdale Food Center. Um, they really stepped up, especially for our residents at our Princeton location. And they, uh, you know, quickly realizing things had to change and that that food uh, insecurity was really heightened. They developed a program called Cooking with Anna, where uh, residents could uh, sign on for the session that week. They'd get delivered all the ingredients to make uh, an economical, nutritious meal. And then they could sign on, you know, on their laptop or computers and and cook together and learn how to make a dish uh efforts like that really went a long way and we couldn't have gotten through it without the amazing donations that we got from the food banks this year it's just uh been remarkable but that one in particular i just yeah if you've never had the to. opportunity check out cooking with anna yeah. it is a marvelous marvelous <laughs> initiative yeah anyone else yeah. 
No, just to echo your point, um, the support from the food bank has been um, incredible, to say the least, in regards to just continuing to ensure that our cupboards are stocked mm. and that our young people are able to access food. Food has been also, we've seen an increase in the amount of food that's been required in some of our locations mm-hmm. simply because young people were for lack, they were with us in our shelters. They, we, if you're feeding a 17 year old, um, <laughs> they required nutrition and a lot of yeah. it. So uh, yeah, two fridges. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. At least I got a 15 year old. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So um, just always ensuring that we have um, the supplies we require and nutritious food has always been one of their, their mainstays. So it's, we're just really appreciative of that. Yeah. They've also done a great job, I think, of making sure uh, organizations in the city are doing okay, like checking in with the leaders of our organizations and you know, offering us information from public health and seminars and um, all sorts of sort of extra add-ons that you wouldn't expect uh, a food bank to be responsible for. And so I think they've been a really big encouragement to leaders in the city this year. Mm. One of the things that um, I wanted to talk about with you all is how do you think that the virtual walk is is going to challenge us again this year with fundraising because this is the second year of doing virtual and and are there any any challenges or any any um, opportunities on the other side of that coin that um, you've seen uh, moving into this year's second walk virtual mm-hmm. I know for us oh sorry Martin <laughs> you go ahead Jennifer okay thank you um as a matter of fact I mean I know we've all been speaking about we miss the the collaboration and having our you know the actual event <clears throat> on the fundraising side though it's really interesting because the expenses are much less and so therefore, you know, in the bigger picture at the end, um, what we've seen and what we're seeing again this year is we're actually on par to raise more than we did since uh, the 2020. Mm. Um, and so 2002, like, you know, we, 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 did very, we did very well, just over 100. But, um, you know, we've got more participants who are raising more more engaged participants. And it's really interesting. I think it has a lot to do with, I can't recall who said it earlier, but people want to help. They want a reason to help. They want to be a part of something. And with everything that's going on, it's giving them that essence of community. So that's what we've been seeing. And, and the trend is, is, is going in that direction again for this year. So it's, it's kind of interesting to compare the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as the challenges with the virtual, I think it is providing an event experience, which is what everyone in the event world, you know, you want to have the fun and the splash. Um, so as a solution, what we come up with, knowing that, you know, we always call CNOI a fun family friend um, mm-hmm. event. We focus very solution heavily on the kids. Come up so Blue Sea does that, give know, us like little crafts and stuff. But we, we have an amazing creative talent um, who took it one step further and we have a full craft kit. So we give that to all the families. Um, we just actually sent it out today. And the other thing that we did is we all know chili is part of the event. So we have a chili recipe from Chef Rick that we sent out. And 
just little touch points that you know mm. you have to be creative with how are we keeping them in the feeling that they're a part of something that's not just going for a walk and asking their family and friends for money so giving them that essence um, mm -hmm. i think the best and favorite one that that is getting a lot of attention is the question came to myself is how am i connecting the mission to the participants and so we have a hospice, as you guys know, and I thought, oh, well, that might be cute. So we have participants, young and old, can create cards and send them into the hospice. Yeah. So things like that, that we thought would, you know, A, provide an opportunity for our participants to feel engaged and it brings the mission to them. And, and a lot of people don't know about our hospice. So we want to shine a light on, on that program. So Very nice. Kelty? I was listening, so <laughs> I forgot your question. <laughs> just, just, just the challenges or the flip side, the opportunities of our second year doing virtual. And I ask you so that I don't have to speak because we yeah. do the walk together. Yeah, really nice. <laughs> uh, well, uh, your lovely producer of this podcast uh, is doing great work on on social media for our event. I think that that's been um, a main way that we've tried to continue connecting people and uh allow like we have a facebook group for the event and so people can share photos of where they've walked and and that sort of thing um yeah and trying to just have opportunities to share with each other what they're up to why they're walking mm -hmm. these sort of yeah to bring that community sense to it eh? yeah yeah desiree well, we've actually never had the opportunity to be in person. So, oh, that's um, right. Yeah. Eh? Yes. Well, well so just think the first how do year. We make this year's virtual different from last year's virtual. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming back to another virtual event. <laughs> so, um, again, with us being um, the youth, uh, youth serving agency, we really try to focus on. Um, bringing a young person's element to uh, all of our events. Mm. There's a lot of, um, a lot of, we'll say adults that really appreciate the, the, the opportunity to be young again. So I coordinate um, also a youth advisory committee um, and I tap into their expertise as being a fellow high school student on what would work um, for their, their, their peers, et cetera. And this year, um, we're engaging more schools um, in coldest night of the year, mm -hmm. um, just by through this youth cabinet. And we're incorporating a photo scavenger hunt, which should hopefully bring um, every person like typically likes to take pictures of their walks and has a cell phone. So we're incorporating um, a scavenger hunt. Which what will a great help. idea. So, are you listening, fun. everyone? <laughs> <laughs> something fun, and, yeah. and we've noticed that the schools um, are on board to do their end of the school day uh, happens to coincide with what is the end of day and the coldest night of the year sunset feel. So it's going to be um, they'll be doing their walks during the school at the end of the school day, and we'll be going out to the schools and. Um, and capturing content and sharing that with the broader community as we go. Fabulous. Great. Fabulous. Mm -hmm. I was just awesome. thinking, I was just thinking, man, your first in-person event. Woo. Hey, what a party. I 
I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. You'll send us invites, right? Yeah, we're coming. For yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And and uh, Martine? Well, I think, first of all, although we're, we're advertised as a virtual event, we are finding that some people are, are uh, getting together in small groups, mm -hmm. either on the 26th of February or other times. Uh, we encourage people to walk either in Westboro. Westboro is our, our main um, area of sponsorship, the, the BIA, the Meridian Credit Union is our lead sponsor. So many organizations, RBC Westboro, Love Your Body Fitness, the Kelly's Westboro, Respect Pharmacy, um, or respect rx which uh, many organizations know who are in those areas um you know we're encouraging people to go walk in in that area but uh, to walk whenever they want with whomever they want so there's still some small safe groups getting together and that's really nice to see we're doing a, a, a coloring contest uh for people can download children i guess can uh, maybe adults too can download a me, 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 contest me. maybe yeah <laughs> um so we're although it's virtual uh we are finding that we're doing um you know we've had incredible as i said mentioned the sponsors and and uh, the community um i think that's one of the um the community's part that's been one of the the joys that we're really grateful for throughout COVID and with the CNOY is the community is responding and they're they're really stepping up and supporting us and so we're seeing that um, come through and and in the donations you know we're at fifty percent of our goal which is seventy five thousand uh, so we still have a ways to go but um, I think the other thing um, I guess it's tangential but I do. Um, when we talk about the supported community, one of the things we were talking about before the broadcast or podcast started tonight was um, partnership. Mm. And that's been one of the joys is even to be here with, with the other organizations tonight, we've learned that getting through the pandemic isn't possible unless you, unless you support each other and you, um, and so the, that's been a real joy for us, I think mm -hmm. is, new partnerships, strengthened partnerships, working together. Uh, we're all better when we work together. And that's also brought a lot of joy into this event and, and into the work that we do. Well, then then that's just the perfect lead, lead in. Thank you, because I've been pretty easy on you people tonight. <laughs> so now I get to ask the hard question. And, and before I do, I, I, I want to thank uh, Jen, because Jen kind of brought us all together this year. And, and, and it was uh, uh, the right opportunity because as I was saying when we were chatting before we went live, um, it, it, that's what we believe in at, at Jericho is, is we got to start con getting connected and we got to start talking to one another because we're so much stronger together than in our singular silo. And so um, uh, why did we wait so long to do this? <laughs> There's the silence I was waiting for. <laughs> Desiree? As the newbie. Yeah, yeah. As the new kid on the block, um, again, I didn't recognize that, you know, we wouldn't be working together. So um, mm. I just figured last year, because we were all just figuring out a virtual program, that we were busy focusing on that and just always figured that we're all in this together and we can all work together and we all know that there's power in numbers and um, I only envision growing this event uh, for Ottawa as a community um, 
from here on in. Well said, well said. Jen, what was going on in your head when you started to get us together? Well, as I mentioned when we were previously talking, you know, I've, I've often worked with other charities. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, even if, as we are all serving a population that is very similar, even though there's the, the difference of ages or demographic, we're, it's homelessness, you know, and it's addiction programs and it's, you know, people who really need this support. And so to me, it just makes sense. It's like, okay, well, we're all doing the same event, um, but I don't. I, I I love the fact that I don't think it needs to not. I don't think it needs to just be CNOI. Yes, I think there are other opportunities, initiatives, campaigns, whatever you know. Even around a um, Ottawa is a small town in a big city. Yeah. How many times have people said yeah. that, right? So I, I think this is just the beginning, and um, I'm I too. It's brought a lot of joy because we are as individuals even isolated working on an event so mm -hmm. even just this last little bit um to be able to know that we could all reach out to one another and i've gained so much knowledge from all of you and in, in not only your programs but even just the little ideas that we're doing each idea that we're doing to make the event great yeah so. and you know i i can speak for, for to that for me is that you know we all wear so many hats as as leaders in the nonprofit um, communities, and we we get very focused on juggling the balls that we have in front of us, and and we juggle a lot of balls, and so it's very difficult at times to not concentrate on those balls and look outside of those walls to the other people in your community, the other agencies, and the other people that are doing fabulous work. So I'm just as much, uh, uh, you know, I, I want to say to blame, but I'm just as much in that focus of, of not looking outside of the walls. And I think that um, we all need to start doing that and, and helping one another. Um, what, what do you think that, that um, we can do better moving forward as a community of people providing services for those who desperately need them? I think continue to collaborate together. What we found through the pandemic was, um, you know, we, at the beginning, we had volunteers who were sewing uh, isolation gowns, you know, for us, which, you know, the beginning of the pandemic, we were all wearing. And when we had more than we needed, we were able to offer them to an organization that didn't have them. An organization that had masks was able to offer them to those of us who didn't. I think, you know, as Jen said, we're a, we're a small town, a big city. That idea, if we have, we can share that there's, um, that we, we do have similar, um, values and, and objectives, which is to uphold vulnerable people and ensure that they have the resources and, and services they, they need. And we do that best when we do so together, mm. when we reach out to each other and ask for help. And we don't need to compete when it even when it comes to fundraising, because there's enough love to go around for everybody. So I think um, just on the ground, being able to, you know, if like you had mentioned this earlier, Kevin, if I've learned from a mistake, let me share that. <laughs> um, you know, if I have a resource that we worked on and has worked for us, like, let's share that, you know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel, we can lean on each other. Um, and, and I think we'll all be the better for it. So well said. Um, 
I have a story that um, was shared with me by a young person, and it has stuck with me the entire time. Um, and I believe that us working together is an example of how our community works, um, and that being the homelessness sector. A young man advised me that I asked him one day, well, how did you come into contact with the Youth Services Bureau? And he said, well, through our drop-in. I said, okay. And he said, I was having lunch at another shelter, and one of the old guys, quote unquote, walked me over and said, this is where you need to be. There's hope for you. And that, to me, spoke speaks volumes in regards to how we as a community need to take care of each other and our most vulnerable do that within their community as well. So we're just, we're just echoing the work that's already being done. Wow. I can't say well said enough. Very nice. Um, Are there any questions up on the board, John? No questions. Okay. See, I told you. It happens. We've, we, 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 it just means that we were so well-spoken that nobody needs any more information. Um, before I, I go to announcements and, and close up, is there, I'll give you an opportunity to uh, uh, say anything last that you think you forgot to say or you want to say. Any takers? I just want to say thank you. I think this is an awesome, <laughs> awesome opportunity. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And, uh, and I know like I said it again, but it's just the beginning, but I, I, I love this podcast. Uh, it's a little nugget that, you know, never know, maybe we'll, we can do this again. Yes. I, I, I think it's, it's the, the start. Yes. Yes. And, and if we're, we're handing out kudos, I got to give you a kudo, Jen, for getting us all together this year and taking that initiative. And um, um, yeah, it's 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 just wonderful, and and this has kind of been the highlight of my week. The other highlight that we had was doing the photo shoot for the Ottawa Citizen together. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> On the coldest night the or the coldest day. day of the year. Good <laughs> golly! Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my goodness. Um. Um. So. Um. As a reminder to all our listeners, because uh, they'll still have time when this goes uh, on on podcast form, um, uh, can everyone say where uh, their walk location is so people can find you? Sure. Um, I'm Desiree Raypock with the Youth Services Bureau, and our walk location is Ottawa Centre Town. I'm Jen Graves from Ottawa Downtown, Ottawa Mission. We're Ottawa Downtown. I'm Margie Dorr from Cornerstone Housing for Women. Our location is in Westboro. There's still time to sign up to be a walker or join a team, start a team. <laughs> and I'm Kelty Davidson from Capital City Mission. And I'll speak for Kevin as well, because we partner with Jericho Road in the Lower Town Walk. Beautiful. Well, thank you, everybody. Let me make a few, uh, a few announcements. Um, um, don't forget, I'll say it many times over the next couple of weeks our coldest night of the year walk is february 26 so um, uh, join a team fundraise and walk the website is up and running get your teams registered visit cnoy.org search for your favorite ottawa charity register fundraise walk we all know where to go everyone's uh, told us 
Our next episode will be February 24th, back with our Voices of Recovery, so stay tuned for that. And uh, uh, we have a special guest that we'll start uh, putting on our social media. I'm keeping it a secret right now. Uh, Past episodes of The Recovery Connection are are available on all your major streaming platforms and live episodes are available one week after airing. And again, follow, like, share us on your social accounts. Get the word out about uh, uh, The Recovery Connection and, and, and more importantly about all the great work that all these people are doing in this beautiful city of ours. So thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We can't do this alone. I consider uh, it's just such a blessing to have all of you here tonight and, and, uh, and, and doing the great work that we do in this city. So I, I'm grateful and uh, um, well, I hope to see you all very soon and, uh, and we'll get together and talk about our walk. So uh, I wish you all success uh for your walk and uh and um and that you are able to meet the fundraising goals that you've set out that we are so um we so so need because the past two years have just been so challenging for us all so thank you all for coming god bless you all and to all our listeners thanks for listening god bless you all as well and we'll talk soon thank you Bye. Bye. Bye.